Bless the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. We thank you this morning for just taking the time out to be with us. We thank all our online viewers this morning. We wish you were here with us. Nevertheless, we thank you for just taking the time out to worship with us via online. Hallelujah. We are getting ready to go into our praise and worship this morning. We ask that you stand with us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on. We want the Lord to have his way this morning. We're going to give him all the glory and all the honor. Because we want the Lord to have his way. God, we give you glory. God, we bless you. There is none like you, Lord Jesus. And we are ready this morning to do whatever you want to do, Jesus.
into a prayer this morning and ask the Lord to have his way in our service this morning. Amen. If you have a special prayer request, we're going to ask you to raise your hand. We're going to pray this morning. And for our online congregation, if you have a request, you can send it in to our media team this morning. We're going to pray that the Lord continue to give us a breakthrough, regardless of what's going on, if it's a spiritual, physical, emotional, or financial, whatever breakthrough that is coming. The Lord, we're serving a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we actually think. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we pray. Father God, we come in your presence one more time, oh God, and we say thanks. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercies, for your love. We thank you, Lord God, for this privilege that you've given unto us to gather into your presence this morning to worship you, Lord God. We know there is a breakthrough coming, Lord God. Father God, as we come in the present this morning to lift up your name, to call upon your name, we know there is no other name given on the heaven among men whereby we must be saved but through the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord God, to move among us, oh God, this morning. We ask you to touch every person that raised their hands this morning, whatever the needs are this morning. We ask you, Lord God, if it's spiritual, physical, emotional, or financially, we ask you, Lord God, to bless them. Oh God, heal them. Help them to be pure. Help them to be holy. Help them, Lord God, to continue to live a life that is pleasing in your sight. Let your will be done this morning. Touch our online congregation this morning. Those that are here, those that are traveling, make ways when there seems to be no way. 
open up doors like never before. We give you all the glory and all the honor. For great is your name and greatly to be praised. Have your way this morning as we commit ourselves to you. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause this morning as we continue to worship him.
is the king of glory. He is the king of power. He is the king of healing. Come on, anybody need a healing this morning? It could be a spiritual healing. It could be a physical healing. It could be a healing for somebody else. Come on, who needs a healing this morning? Who want to stand in the gap for somebody that needs a healing this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. Hallelujah, for he's the king of healing. He's the king of power. He's the king of my peace. When things are going crazy around me, he's the king of my peace. When sadness is moving all to and fro, he's the king of my joy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we honor you today, Lord. Father, we worship you this morning, Jesus. As we go before you, Lord Jesus, we want you, God, to lead us. We want you to lead us and we follow you today. Every aspect of the service, God, we want your will to be done. Come on, clap your hands this morning. Come on, let's shout a praise unto Jesus. Let's shout a praise unto him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, the highest praise is what we have. The highest praise is what we have. The highest praise is what we have. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, let's continue to praise him this morning. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause. He's ready to be praised this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just thank him this morning. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Before you're seated this morning, just look to the person and say, good to see you this morning. Amen. Someone to your left. Amen. Someone to your right just said, it's good to see you this morning. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Amen. So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Continue to worship the Lord with us. Amen. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone, our online congregation. We want to welcome you this morning. Amen. Everyone that is in the house of God this morning, we want to welcome you this morning. Amen. We pray that the Lord will continue to bless us and be with us. We're truly serving an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord another round of applause this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 Amen, amen, praise God. Well, I want to take this time out to greet everyone and welcome everyone this morning. Truly another beautiful day that the Lord has made. We're going to continue to rejoice. He gave us a reason to rejoice, and we're so grateful to be in His presence this morning to worship Him. In His presence there is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Amen, praise God. At this time, we have a video that we're going to show at this time. Amen, praise God.
are close, church. We are so close. Amen. You got the chance to see that, Brother Jimenez. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's overwhelming. It, it really is to think um, that God will look, at, look on us, this little church in the firehouse, and allow us to be such an uh, instrument that he can use to continue to expand his kingdom. I am just overwhelmed and um, thank God for his goodness. He's uh, so good to us. And um, if I can just tell you the, the, the message that God has given us with providing what he has provided for us is that he wants to see all of our families saved. He wants to see all of our friends saved. He wants our neighbors saved. He wants to save our communities. And so he gave us some place bigger so we can get them all in and get them saved. I mentioned this morning in our 9 a.m. service that I remember when um, my family was living in a little condominium, no backyard, one floor. We were just all together. Well, then we bought a home, and that home was just so our family can grow and just expand. And God gave us this property so he can continue to expand the kingdom so we can grow. So it's for our family to keep growing. We, we left our, uh, what we call this, efficiency. This is efficiency. We left this, we're going to leave this efficiency, and we're going to go into a house with yard, garage, playground, whatever. So God has been good to us, and we're just so thankful that we can be such an uh, instrument, vessel that he can work through to be a blessing, and we thank God for it. I mentioned this morning um, to our congregation that the property cost $1.69 million. Of course, we didn't have $1.69 million cash, but we did have some money where a bank would trust us to make um, a monthly payment after our down payment. And so we're paying a mortgage. Um, we have probably spent over $100,000 just um, remodeling the place. And it's not 100% of what we want it to be. So we're almost there. So I'm coming to you one more time to ask if you can give um, a little bit more sacrificially. Um, this is not something that we will be asking all the time because um, all of what we're doing right now is one-time kind of deal. We're not going to lay carpet, you know, six months from now. We're not going to paint six months from now. And all these things that you see going on, it looks wonderful, but it costs money. Um, we, um, we have an electrician that um, drove all the way from Indiana that did our lighting and ran all of our electricity. Um, I mean, he charges minimum money, but that minimum money is still big money because if, if he was a normal electrician, we would pay, we probably couldn't afford to get him to do all that he did. And so we spent a lot of money um, to get all of this done, and we still need a few more things done. So if you can help out this morning when you give um, to the offering, if you can give um, sacrificially, if you can give just a little bit more than what you had planned to give, um, hopefully that can take us to the finishing line so we can get out of here and get over there because that's where we are right now. We got to get our sound system connected and working. Um, we got to get our live stream working. 
Um, we got a few things we got to do to the restrooms. Um, just a few little things, little details here and there um, that we need to do. And once we get those done, then we can plan the day when we will move in. <laughs> and so we thank God for it. So it's offering time. I will join you this morning if you will join me and give a little bit more than what you can. Amen. I want the ushers to come. I've got my offering in my hand. If you will get your offering in your hand and give this morning a little bit more. If the um, Lord lay on your heart to give a $10,000 offering this morning, that would be wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. Look forward to what God is doing. When I became a district superintendent, um, God really started resting upon my heart about talking to the pastors about who is going to pastor your grandchildren. And I challenged the pastors. I said, who is going to pastor your grandchildren? For some of us, who is going to pastor your children? And that's what we're establishing at our new address is that when, if the Lord tarries and we're gone, the church goes on preaching truth holiness and righteousness and our grandchildren our great-grandchildren can be saved in an apostolic church that's what we, we are establishing something that is legacy for a lifetime and i just thank god for it so just think about that that's what we're doing um you know it's hard for young people sometimes to see it when we start getting you know a certain age we can see where we understand you know the beginning and the end we understand the importance of you know taking care of things for the next generation and the next generation we can see it and if you will trust us young people you'll see if the Lord allow you to get to our age then you will be saying the same things we're saying now but trust us give to our future give to your children your grandchildren getting saved and having a great pastor pastoring them because I'm not gonna be pastoring this church um, all my life <laughs> I said that last night while we were at the church I said we got to pray for our next pastor they look at me like you watch yourself now <laughs> we're not thinking about that right now well I have to think about that you all might not think about it but I don't want to miss it and I don't want the wrong person to take over this church so that's why it's important to me we cannot put all of this work in and somebody come and start pastoring this church and they're not right and they're going to let go of holiness let go of righteousness let go of the bible teaching no we can't do that so that's why i'm serious about praying that i know that is god's man that god's going to give us to lead this church that's what i'm worried about that's my next big thing that when the time come it's going to be an anointed god called person to continue leading this church and that can be anybody sitting here today anybody in our church that could be so don't underestimate it when you walked in the doors of this church you didn't know what god had in store for you and just like for me, I remember when I walked through the doors in 1996 of our church, I didn't know what the Lord had in store for me. I was just going to church. So you never know what God has for, in store for you if you'll just give him the chance to work in your life. So give this morning sacrificially. Give cheerfully. Give like you're giving. Let's stand. This morning... We often do this. We make a statement of faith decree in our giving. And we do this from time to time because we want you to truly be blessed. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to make a statement of faith, a decree unto God as to what 
um, we're asking him as we're giving unto him this morning. Now, God loves to give to us and make sure we're okay, but it's okay to declare what God already said that is for you. And that's what we're going to do this morning as we declare what God has already said is for us. Are you ready? And so in a second here, you're gonna, we're going to say it together. But let me say this. The statement of faith decree, it says, Thou shall also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. That is Job 22 and 28. So it's okay for us to decree a thing, and God will bless us in that thing that we decree if it's according to his will. And what we're decreeing this morning is according to God's will. Are you ready to go with me? You ready? Let's go. Upon the authority of your word, I have given and it shall be given to me. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that is not room enough to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, my whole family saved and walking with God. Perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessings. I am blessed going in. I am blessed going out. All that I do will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for providing for us. You first provided health and strength. For many of us, you have given us an opportunity to have a job and to work and to make money. You have blessed us beyond our understanding Lord and we have come to give back we've come to give to you for we want to see the kingdom of God expand we want to see souls saved we want to see lives be changed and transformed Lord God and Lord we're so honored and privileged to be a part of what you're doing in the earth will you receive our giving this morning we come cheerfully we come willingly we come giving to you, Lord God, that your kingdom may come and your will may be done. We thank you for the privilege. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. Now receive our offering, we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name, amen. Give unto the Lord this morning.
clap your hands unto Jesus. We set our hope on you, Lord. We set our love on you, Lord Jesus. You are the everlasting God. You are the everlasting Father. Oh, God, there is none on you. There's none like you. There's none that can compare to you, Lord God. You alone are the true and living God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the King of glory. Oh, my God, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus. Bible says he's sweeter than the honey of the honeycomb. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is so good. God is so good. God is so good. I've lived for myself. There's no more in it. I live for the devil and I live for God. No comparison. When you live for God. Oh, it's so good. So good. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <coughs> so good to see everyone. Good to be with the saints of the Most High God, all of our family and friends, all of our guests this morning. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Those of you that have joined us online, our online congregation, we welcome you. Is Paul Brantley on today, Patrice? wife, Sister Brantley, spoke to uh, Mr. Brantley, spoke to your husband the other day. I called him. He said, hello. I said, this is your pastor. He said, oh, he started smiling. Oh, pastor. And uh, he sounded like he was in good spirits. I can tell he had a little bit of worry, worriness in his voice, but we prayed on the phone together, and I believe God's going to touch him. Let him know we love him, and we're praying for him as a church. Praying God get him up out of there as soon as possible. When God's will to be done. Amen. I love you, Sister Deborah Brantley. You are our family. And we appreciate you. I looked at one of the guest cards and it says guests on here and it says Calvin Cook. <coughs> I don't know if I ever seen that. I've seen Calvin Cook. But Siege, you just been Siege all your life. My goodness, I guess that's what your real name is, huh? That's your real name. I looked at it, I'm like, Calvin Cook, what is he doing? It's CJ. Calvin Cook Jr. This is your first time here, huh, Siege? Wow. I will tell you that, this Siege, to all of you, the entire Cook family is here this morning. If Calvin was a crier, Karen, he would cry right now. If he was a crier, he would be crying. He ain't no crier. If he was Brother Scarlet, he would be crying. <laughs> That's all he said he wanted. That's all he ever wanted. He wanted his family to be in church with him. Well, here you go. God is good. God is good. Siege, welcome to Christ Center Church. We welcome you to this house, and 
We're so glad that you're here. You, you, you went to the new home before you came to the old home. What morning was that I walked in the sea, scrubbing the floor? I'm like, who is that? I looked over, I said, that's my man, Siege. Siege is cleaning the building. <clears throat> we were proud of you, Siege. We're proud of you. We really are. We're proud of you. And we love you, Siege. So welcome to Christ in the church. Thank God for you. Thank God for having you. Jennifer, where's Jennifer? Jennifer, amen. Jennifer, how are you, Jennifer? So good to have you. Nice to have you here today. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. You're a guest of Brother Dennis? Okay. Dennis, my man. He's just so cool. Jennifer, Dennis come in. He comes in with the whole crew. He kind of light today. It's only about three of you. Usually Dennis come in. It's about a row and a half. Jennifer, it's nice to have you. Welcome to Christ Center Church. Amen. Let's put our hands together for our guests today. Calvin Cook Jr. and Jennifer. <laughs> we welcome you to Christ Center Church. Amen. Join us in the morning time for our spiritual journey prayers. We start at 5 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday, and we do it via Zoom. If you need the link, see our audiovisual department. They will provide you with the link. So you can log on every morning at 5 a.m. and pray with us. We've been doing it for over a year now. And um, certainly we've seen the fruits of our prayers. But I will remind you of this. When we log on in our 5 a.m. prayer, what we try to do is we leave the mics open, but we turn off our cameras. So we leave our mics open, but we turn off the cameras so when we pray we can hear each other's voice. We don't have to see each other because we know, you know, only a spouse is supposed to be seeing you, how you look in the morning when you wake up. <laughs> so don't show us what you're doing in the morning. Don't show us anything. We don't want to see anything. We just need to hear your voice. So log on, turn off your camera, and pray with us. Continue to pray for God's will to be done. We're going to meet with the prayer team soon, and we're going to discuss um, a different direction in our prayer I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. It will still be the same spiritual journey format and everything, but our direction of what we will be seeking God for will be different. So um, we got into the building. God has provided. Um, I, I was mentioning to someone yesterday, when God says it is finished or it is done, we like to look at the immediate. That might be a message on it. In itself, when God says finish, we look at the immediate, just like Calvary. When He said it is finished, we just thought, okay, the whole, you know, um, crucifixion is over. But Jesus was referring to way more than the crucifixion. When He said it's finished, He's talking about the work that He came to do for salvation and for us and for everything that needs to be done. That's finished, not just Him dying on the cross. And so when he told us that us having the property, it was a done deal, he was talking about more than just us having the property in our possession. So that's what's bringing me to the change of our spiritual prayers, spiritual journey prayers that we will change up a little bit because we're still going to continue in the vision. It's just that now um, the next direction that he's taking us in for why he brought us to the place is what we have to start praying. So we'll get that together. And we'll roll that out soon. But let's continue to do what we've been doing. Our prayer team has done a wonderful, wonderful um, um, job just making sure, you know, we have 
themes that we're praying about each week. And so that's really wonderful. So join us at 5 a.m. Monday through Friday and pray with us in Jesus' name. Well, let's stand. We'll go into the word of the Lord. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16. nursery together, Jackson. <laughs> we have a nursery coming. God is going to get right. We got a few babies that need to go in the nursery sometimes, even though they look like they like the sanctuary. So I don't know what you all, what the parents are going to do, but these kids, they want to be in the sanctuary. They want to be jumping and running. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16 says, for by him, talking about Jesus Christ, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Very important piece of scripture. The Bible says all things were created by him and for him. You were created for Jesus. So, yes, it's proper that we say, Jesus, is this pleasing unto you what I'm doing? It's proper. Yes, Jesus, what I'm doing, is this what you created me for to do? It's proper because the word says we were created by him and for him. Hmm. And he is before all things. And by him, all things consist. Lord, we thank you for your word that has already gone out. Will you, Lord Jesus, allow it to accomplish your will and your purpose in our life? Lord, help us to not just be hearers only of your word, but to be hearers and doers of the word of God. I pray that you will teach us how to apply your word. That we will grow up in your word, become more mature in your word. Lord, I pray that this service today will have great impact in every one of our lives spiritually and naturally. Help us today, Lord God, to truly receive from you what you have in store for us. Lord, I pray for the operations of the spirit, the demonstration of your spirit, the gifts of the spirit to operate in our midst, Lord God. Oh God, will you place me in the flow of your spirit and allow me to rightly divide the word of truth. Will you touch the hearts of your people that they will open wide for you to impart to them what you will, that your will be done in our lives. We give you praise and honor. Oh God. Oh Jesus. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. You are the Lord God, strong and mighty. The Lord God, mighty in battle. We love you, King. We worship you. And we thank you. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Sister Ogama, it's good to have you back. 
He went to Nigeria for a long, long time, almost a month, probably about a month. She came back with a ring on her finger. Congratulations. Amen. Congratulations. There you go. Don't be shy. There you go. Be a Nigerian. That's what you are. <laughs> Amen. Nigerians aren't shy. Believe when I tell you. <laughs> but we love you, Sister Gama. It's good to have you back. Glad you made it back safely. The very first time the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is mentioned in Scripture is in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. That's the very first time you hear the name Jesus Christ. You can read throughout scripture before that time and and it will direct the scripture about him, but the name was never revealed until Matthew. In Matthew chapter 1 verse number 1, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That's the very first time. Matthew chapter 1 verse 16, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. And in Matthew chapter 1 still, verse 18, <clears throat> it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. And so the very first time we read about Jesus, the name being revealed to us, was in Matthew chapter 1. And so I want to preach to you today on this topic. Jesus Christ is more than a savior. A lot of times, the first impression when we meet someone for the first time, the first impression we receive from them is what we hold on to and kind of identify them with. And so because the first time the name Jesus Christ was revealed to us, the first time it was revealed to us, it was revealed to us as him being our savior. We have held on to that for since then till now that Jesus is the savior. Is Jesus our savior? He certainly is. But I'm here to preach to you this morning to tell you Jesus is more than a savior. You held on to him for being your savior because you wanted to be saved. You wanted to go to heaven. And that's all good. But that is not all he provides. That is not all who he is. He's more than a savior. Somebody say amen. And so throughout the gospels, Matthew, Mark, 
Luke and John, the scripture speaks of Jesus as the Savior of all. So obviously, unequivocally, Jesus is the Savior of all. And Savior is usually the very first recognition we have of him. Because you see, we always want to get out of something. We always want to be saved from something. And so Savior is how we first recognize him. He is my Lord and Savior. We skip Lord and just kind of put Savior in there. But he's more than a Savior. He's more than a Savior. We sometimes look to him to be our healer and our provider. But he's more than healer. He's more than provider. He's more than savior. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Because he is the savior, that doesn't mean that's all he is. And many have treated him as if he's only a savior. How do you think or how would you say I've treated Jesus like he's only a savior? Because one time or one day or one event I was in church and the preaching of the word of God hit me and I decided that I need to give my life to Christ and I got saved. And when I got saved, I was like, yes, now I'm on my way to heaven. And since that time, all I do is come to church services to get my fix so I can go to heaven. If that's how you're living your life as a Christian, he's only a savior to you. So you might not say it verbally, but if you got saved and you just show up in church services from time to time, you're really saying all he can do for me is save me. And I want to make sure I get in church to get my fix so I can stay saved. I got to show up in church so I can get strong again so I can stay saved. And we have made him uh, only a savior because all we're trying to do is to stay strong to make it to the end so we can get to heaven. So we can hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And many of us, that's been our perception of who Christ is to us. And that's why we have missed out. And that's why we have become weary. And that's why we've even abandoned church for a while because we've only seen him as savior we didn't say that but our life how we conducted our life says Jesus is only a savior to me and when we made him just a savior all kind of things started going crazy in our life our perspective how we how how we conduct our life become off it wasn't it wasn't in order it wasn't balanced anymore because he was only a savior I say it all the time, and I'll say it again. Many marriages struggle because people are in marriage and are selfish. Because they got into marriage for what they wanted out of the marriage and not what the marriage should be about. You want to know what marriage is about? Go check with the one who instituted marriage. That's how we know what marriage is about, is when we check with the one that instituted marriage. But if you got into marriage because it's just the thing to do when you get to a certain age and you got into it because you have a specific need that you think you have, then you're being selfish and that's going to send your marriage sideways. 
But when you come to know Jesus and realize that he's more than a savior and that he will teach you how to be a husband, teach you how to be a wife, the proper one, the correct one, the righteous one. When you get to that place, then marriage will be even different because Jesus is more than a savior. We just don't get saved and say, Jesus, help me to stay saved. <laughs> so many people, quote unquote, come to church just because they want to be saved. But Jesus is more than a savior. Jesus is not your maintenance man. That's how we treat him. We treat him like he's our maintenance man. What does, it, what does that mean, preacher? Because today you come to church, you feel a touch of the spirit. You hear the word of God. You feel like you've got a good idea how to move forward right now. Tomorrow, you know, you still have some residue from today. But Tuesday and Wednesday, you kind of abandoned ship, went back to just what the normal is. And by Sunday, man, I'm depleted. I need some spiritual. You're looking, looking at Jesus like your maintenance man. I need him to maintenance me now. I need, I need him to maintenance me now. Because all we saw him as, or all we're looking at him as, or all we're living our life to, for him as, is that he is our savior. All he's good for is to get me to heaven. Heard me said this before. I know I teach some things that is not popular or common. It's biblical, but it's not popular or common. And I will continue to do it because I love you and I have your best interests at hand. I only want to please God. And so I'm going to tell you what I know will help you best. If you're living for Jesus Christ just so you can get to heaven, you probably won't get to heaven. Living for Jesus to just get to heaven will eventually become a selfish way of living. There won't be any selfish Christians in heaven. There won't be any selfish Christians in heaven. Because if you're selfish, eventually you're not going to treat your brother right. If you're selfish, eventually you won't treat your sister right. If you're selfish, you won't treat your neighbor right. If you're selfish, you're going to start doing things that's not right. So living for Jesus just to get to heaven will become selfish, which eventually will keep you from getting to heaven. Write that one down. That's not popular, but that's godly. Colossians 1 and 16 says, we read it earlier, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether there be throne or dominions, or principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Not only is Jesus Christ our Savior, but he's also the creator. Not maker, but creator. Everything that man does, even if man thinks that he uh, invented something, Everything that man does, he had to get his material from someplace. Everything that man does, he has to bring into the equation, where did I get? Man has to use what's already given to him. 
But what Jesus does, he makes something out of nothing. Nobody gave him anything. In him, all things consist. He pulled everything out of him. To create anything, he pulled it out of him. He didn't go over here to go get some wood. He didn't go over here to go get this. He spoke and it happened. He speaks and things happen. So he is the creator, the one and only creator. Everybody else can make things, but Jesus is the only creator. Help me, Holy Ghost. Since Jesus created all things, he himself is uncreated. Uh-huh. He's not created. How is it possible in Scripture that Scripture says, what we read earlier, he says, the Scripture says, by him were all things created, visible and invisible. I thought in Genesis, the Bible says, God created. Genesis 1 and 1, and God created the heavens and the earth. And God says, let there be light. But in Colossians, the Bible says, Jesus created all things for himself. All things were created by him for him. So how does that work? God said, let there be light. Jesus created all things. The only way that's possible is that Jesus Christ is God manifest. That's why it's possible. And you don't want to let that go. That's significant to your salvation that there was always one God. And even when he existed before he manifested himself as the man Christ Jesus, he was always that one God and he he reigned in the way he wanted to. And when the time had come, the fullness of time come, he became human so he can save us from our sin. If we didn't sin... He probably wouldn't need to become human. What do you mean by that, preacher? Because he instituted a law that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And you only needed a, the only blood could be shed for sin is a sinless blood. So because he was sinless, he was able to shed his blood. Nobody else's blood could have been shed for our sin because their blood was tainted. His blood wasn't tainted. So he became human so he can die for our sins. Does that make sense? So, so that's why he died because he had to remove, he had to erase the stain of sin. So he became human. Take on flesh and blood. So he can save us from our sins. You know, you hear people say all the time that God created evil. You know, when you don't know your Bible, you know, and when people are trying to figure out a way not to live for God, they have to come up with good reasons. God never created anything sinful. When God created the angels, including Lucifer, they were supposed to be good. They were good. But they decided they want to be evil. When God created us, when God created everything, what did he say? Woo, we got some Bible scholars in here. He said everything was good, right? So when did evil happen? So God never created evil. He created everything good. The things that he created decided to become evil. 
So now he had to do what he had to do. One of the reasons why God went to Calvary was because he took the responsibility of understanding. If I didn't create anything, the world would not be defiled. The world would not have evil if I, God, did not create. So I still have a responsibility as the creator to do something about what they have done, the things and the people have created. I got to take responsibility. Remember I told you a story about when um, Richard burst this guy's car window? Richard was about seven years old, broke guy's car window. The guy came and knocked on my door. Mr. Wyatt, um, Richard broke my car window. Did Richard have money paid for the car window? Did I break the car window? But who paid for the car window? You got that right. So it's the same thing with the Lord. Did he sin? No. Did he do anything wrong? No. But he had to pay for the sins of the people that he brought about. My child made a mess. I had to take care of his mess. And that's what he has done. So understand that about God, that he became human. The term firstborn does not refer to time, but to place or status. Firstborn simply means first of importance or first in rank. Solomon certainly wasn't born as the first child of the son of David, yet he was named firstborn. If you want to see that, go in Psalms 89, 27. Talks about Solomon as David's firstborn, but Solomon was not David's firstborn. So you see why Christ can say he's the first. Isaac was not Abraham's firstborn son, yet the Lord called him Abraham's only son. Firstborn of all creation means prior to all creation, he was first in order. God knew he would become man to rescue man. He knew that. And so he can be first in his thought process. But as he unfolded how things would work, he came afterwards. But in his creative process in mind, he was first. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of all. Be according to the order he set forth even before the foundation of the world. He is the creator of all things. Somebody say all things. So. It is no wonder that the winds and the seas obey him. Now you understand why Jesus spoke to the winds and the seas and it did whatever he said. Why? Because he created them. Whatever you create, you have power over it. And as much as God has given us our independence to make a choice as to how we want to live, he still has power over us. Oh, help me, Jesus. Y'all with me this morning? Everything exists in him, for him, and through him. Jesus Christ is the sphere in which all things exist, the agent through which they came into being, and the one for whom they were made. For us to experience fulfillment, satisfaction, and purpose, and to be the best version of ourselves, we must live according to the design and purpose as to why he created us. Everybody is trying to figure out how to live life, chase life a certain kind of way. Technology have, a, have, have, have made us or 
we decided to let technology make us to live life a certain way, a way that's different from what God had designed and intended for us. We're trying to figure out all these things about life. We're trying to do all of these things. And God is saying, what are you doing? You're just you're just making things worse because you don't know how you're supposed to live. So why are you trying to figure it out on your own? I've been going in Home Depot a lot lately, and that's not my story. But when I hit Home Depot, I don't do like Calvin do. I don't do like um, Everton do. I don't do like some of you do. Some of you go in and you know where to go find it, or you like the joy of trying to figure it out. I hit Home Depot. Excuse me. I just asked them for the stuff where the aisle is. No tengo tiempo. No, not doing it. Not doing it. I just want to know where the aisle is. Send me to the aisle. Let me go and get my stuff and get up out of here. That's what I do. And so that's kind of my personality. If I don't have the answer, I'm going to find the answer someplace else. I don't know what some of you all are doing. You don't have the answer, but you won't go get the answer in the right place. You're trying to figure out the answer on your own. You're going here and there. You're going to this one and that one. They don't have the answer. I'm not wasting my time going to people that don't have the answer. I'm going to the source, the creator, the one who I was created by and for. (coughs) Listen, if we don't live our life according to how God intended to live our life in the way God was designed, in the way God designed for us to live our life, We will experience disappointments. We will experience misery. We will experience settling for less than. A lot of people have tried so much to get their way and realize they're they're not getting their way, so they just settle. And you're living beneath the privileges of God. Because you didn't go to God to find out what God wants you to do, and so you can't get the right answers, and so you just gave up and just started settling, going with this and going with that, doing this and doing that. And that wasn't God's intention for you. You're settling. You're deceived. Your pride has gotten away, and you have sinned against God, which will ultimately lead to eternal separation from him. All because you won't get go to the right source. To get the answer. Let me give you a little worldly insight. In case you don't know. (coughs) I used to know about gambling very good. I guess I still do. Um, I know about all kind of gambling. Horse racing. That was my thing. I know that like nobody else can do. I still can do. I can can look at horses right now and say that's who's going to win. Still good at it. But I also used to bet on um, sports, the, 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 the basketball and football and all that stuff. And Las Vegas, what they say, don't go out of business. They're the one that set, set the booking line, the betting line for the sporting events. And Las Vegas is rich because majority is always wrong. Let's let's sink in for a while. Vegas is rich because the majority is always wrong. 
Vegas is rich because the majority is always wrong. What are you trying to say, preacher? When you go with the majority, you're usually wrong. When you go to this person because everybody's doing this and everybody's doing that, when you start living like that, when you go to this one and they and everybody, when you do that, you're usually wrong. Vegas is rich because the majority is usually wrong. Leave the majority alone. Get out of the world. Leave the world alone. They are the majority. When you do worldly things and live according to the world, you're going to end up wrong because the majority is wrong. The Bible says narrow is the way that leads to eternity. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. The majority is always wrong. And we want to fit in with the majority, but fitting in means you're wrong. Fitting in means you're not pleasing Christ. Fitting in means you're not going to make it to heaven like you had set out to do. Jesus is more than a savior. Mm -hmm. Everything in creation exists for him. Then nothing of itself was created evil. Nothing was created evil. Evil came about because we have decided that we want to be evil. The devil had decided he don't want to be Lucifer no more. He want to be the devil. And the falling angels decided they want to follow Lucifer instead of following the almighty God. All things were created by him and for him. I said this not long ago, and it might have went over your heads a little bit, but I'll say it again. Whether you live right to please God or you don't, you will serve your purpose that God wants you to serve. Whether you live to please God or you don't, you will confirm God's purpose in the earth and in his creative power. That's just the way it is. Lucifer today is showing us. He is, Lucifer is still under the authority and power of the almighty God. God is using Lucifer to make us better Christians. Y'all don't like that. Anything easy usually don't last and is no value, not of value to us if it's easy. Ask some people that's been around the block a few times. They'll tell you. When it comes easy, easy come. Okay. Creation is a revelation of the glory of God. Yes. Everything exists to reveal the Lord Jesus to us that we would come to know him. Can I say this? Man, Lord. I just like to, I just really want people to know. You got to learn what I like to say is the ways of God. We sometimes get caught up on different things. But when you come to learn the ways of God, you will understand the word of God. Then you will understand how to live your life for God. Did you know this? Remember the story when Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery? He went down into Egypt. He became a slave there. By now, us Bible scholars realize that was God's plan, right? God gave him a dream. 
his brothers sold him. So all that he went through was all a plan of God. And so we don't want to think that when we go through something challenging, it's a plan of God because we want it all easy. So learn the ways of God. It's not always going to be easy. So when it's hard, stop saying, man, God must be punishing me or God. No, it's just the plan of God. Now, let me show you something about God that is incredible. So God worked this plan. Joseph and his family finally come to Egypt. They live a great life. They're doing their thing. Then the Bible says, then Pharaoh died. Joseph died. And the Egyptians and the Jews no longer got along because the people that brought them together are no longer in existence. So Egypt, the Jews became slaves in Egypt. Now, here's a question for you if you really want to study your Bible. Why wouldn't God just deliver the Jews out of Egypt before they became slaves? Before all of that stuff took place, since God knows everything, why didn't they just why didn't God just lead them out of Egypt so they wouldn't become slaves? God is good, right? God loves us, right? Why did he leave them in slavery? He can deliver them. Gotta gotta start, gotta start living life understanding God's ways. God knew the Egyptians were idol-worshiping people and that they did not know who he is. And so he brought the Jews around them so they can see what godly people does. God wanted Egypt to know who he is. And so he left his godly treasured people in Egypt to be disadvantaged, taken advantage of, just so the unsaved could be saved. Learn some stuff about God. It's no different today than when you and I get saved, God just don't take us to heaven. When you and I get saved today, why didn't why when you got saved, God didn't just say, let me just transfer you into heaven like he did Elijah, Elijah. Why, why didn't he do that? Because we're no different. He doesn't change. The Bible says God changed not. And just like he allowed the Jews to stay in the world to show them the glory of God, he is doing the same thing today with us. He is saving us and leaving us here so the unsaved can see the glory of God and have an opportunity to know what to do to get saved and to get a relationship with Christ. We just got to learn the ways of God and not just make it so plain this, this thing. All he is is a savior. He's more than just a savior. It's not just a savior. Creation is a revelation of the glory of God. Creation is divinely designed by the almighty God who is manifest as the man Christ Jesus. Some believe creation just happened on its own with a big bang. (laughs) If creation just happened with a big bang, it's interesting why men are still doing their very best to investigate all these fascinations about the world. If it was just a big bang. No big bang just happened out of order. Where things are in order. And man is discovering and, and, and trying to do research to find out about it. If it was just a big bang, why? Why even bother? Oh. God created everything. He created everything in order and according to his will and his purpose. Somebody say man. He's not just a savior. He's more than a savior. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. The closer we examine the works of God, the higher our admiration rises. 
the world, earth, is full of his glory. Some things remain unaffected by the blight of sin as God made them for himself. The flowers have lost none of their fragrance. And the seas and the seasons, they're still obedient to their original purpose. They give God glory. But man, humans, have decided that they want to do what they want. When you do what you want, you don't give glory to God because you're not living your purpose. Anything that exists outside of your purpose is not worth existing. Anything that exists outside of his purpose or functioning outside of his purpose isn't worth existing. You, you don't believe me? Read the scripture. The branches that don't bear fruit. What did he say? Uh huh. What else did he say? Tied them together. What else did he say? Throw it in the fire. So the branch that don't burn, that don't, don't, that don't bear fruit, is useless. He said, get rid of it. So anything that God created, he created it for purpose, his purpose. And when it's not fulfilling his purpose, it is worthless. The seas are not worthless. The trees are not worthless. The ground is not worthless. The fruit trees that bear fruit are not worthless. Remember, he did, he cursed the fig tree because it was worthless. There's a pattern here, church. If we're functioning not in who we're supposed to be, who he designed us to be, what good are we? But I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just trying to teach you the way God looks at things. <coughs> man, many of men have disregarded the purpose that God created them and not given glory to God. We need to give glory to God for why he created us. God receives glory from our life when we live it according to his purpose as to why he created us. The Bible says all things consist in him. What does that mean, all things consist in him? You ready for this? It means that Jesus Christ upholds, he rules, and governs all things by his providence. As is shown everywhere. It means Christ is not like a carpenter that makes his house and then leaves it. Uh -huh. Or like a shipwright that frames his ship and never guides it. By Jesus Christ, all things are sustained. That's what it means when it says all things consist in him. By Jesus Christ, all things are sustained. This means that they are kept in their present state. Can you imagine trees that was planted thousands of years are still the same? They're kept in their present state because they exist and they consist in him. If we don't stay in Christ, our present state will not be what it's supposed to be because the present state is what he keeps us in. Their existence, their order and arrangements are continued by his power. If unsupported by him, they would fall into disorder. Everything would fall into disorder if unsupported. Mm, mm, mm. Church, you hear me? 
think about all the things that God has made that is not human, it's still maintaining its order. We're the ones that struggle with that. When I go on the ships and I look out in the ocean, the ocean is still the ocean. When we go outside and look at the trees, the trees are still the trees. The sky is still the sky. When seasons come, they still the same. We still have winter, spring, summer, and fall. It's still not changing. Everything is still consisting in him because they can't go anywhere. He allowed us the free will to either stay in him or be out of him. And so if we leave out of Christ, we cannot be sustained. We cannot be kept. We cannot be uphold if we leave out of God. Now, leaving out of God isn't really leaving out of God, but that's another story. I'm not going to get out of that because no, you can't. No, nothing is outside of him. But you know what I mean. Nothing less could be sufficient to uphold the universe and of infinite wisdom for this is needed to preserve the harmonious action of the sun and the systems of which is composed. None could do but this one, this almighty God who is divine, Jesus Christ. He is the one that holds it all together. All things stand together in him as casual and conditional sphere of their continued existence. In him, they live and move and have their being. And in him, the sustaination of upholding of the universe rests. How wondrous then the glory and the power of the Lord Jesus. Without him, the sun would not shine, nor the seasons revolve. Without him, the rain would not descend, nor the rivers run, nor the trees grow nor the oceans ebbs and flow his power is necessary to the summer and winter seed time and harvest time to earth and sky he upholded all things by the word of his power and without him everything would collapse everything collapsed without him whether you are obedient or disobedient, he's still upholding you. He's still keeping you from collapsing. Because he's more than a savior. He's more than a savior. In him, all things consist. The power of their support, the primal center of their order, the rule of their operation. This is the almighty God in whom we have redemption. What sublimity his greatness sheds around the gospel. What moral richness his gospel throws around nature and humanity. How lofty should be our adoration. How strong our confidence. How warm our love and how complete our submission should be to him. Because he is sustaining everything. He is holding everything together. He's making it all go. And we're walking around like, which way did he go, George? Like, we don't realize that he's holding this thing all together. And we're trying to live without him. We're trying to operate without his word being the authority in our life. We're still trying to do it without him when he's holding it all together. Because he's not going around shouting from the mountaintop. You better know that I'm holding it together. Because he's not doing that, we're overlooking that he's holding it together. Jesus is more than a Savior. Don't just come to the church services to, to, to you know, I need to get strong again. I'm weak. <laughs> I'm not telling you don't come when you're weak. 
I'm just telling you, don't allow yourself to get weak. Just keep coming so you're always strong. Keep worshiping so you're always connected. Keep obeying so you can always do his will. I'm just telling you, just keep doing it. Don't, don't stay away from him. And so I close. When we need to live or we need to live our life beyond the salvation dimension. Because Jesus is more than a savior. The salvation dimension can make you selfish, as I mentioned earlier. Only caring about you getting to heaven regardless of how you treat others. We, we can't live our life for Christ just trying to get to heaven. It won't profit us. Eventually, we will lose out. My friend Jimmy Tony the other day um, posted something. And I thought, that, that, he's witty. Jimmy Tony is witty. And so he posted something, and he says, this is funny. He says, I've come to discover when I travel without my family, it's easier. Luggage a little lighter. I'm not waiting on everybody. It's just easier travel without your family. And I think I was just coming from DOTT, so I was by myself. My wife didn't make it. So I'm by myself. I'm like, I smile. I said, mm-hmm. He was by himself, too, at, um, because of the time. But Renee didn't go with him. So, so I, I'm like, yeah. So, so, so he said it's easier to travel without your family. And he went on and on about that. And then he said, but I don't want to travel without my family. And what he was, the point he was making was, it's probably easier, which I kind of beg to differ with him. I didn't tell him that. It's probably easier to get to heaven by yourself. He says, but I'd rather go through the struggles to get a whole lot more with me. I, I'd rather go through the struggles to get my family with me. I'd rather go through the struggles to get my friends with me as I go to heaven. I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I want to take everybody I can take with me to heaven. It may be easier to try to work your way on your own. But that's not God's will. God wants us to take others with us. God wants us to help others get to heaven. The salvation dimension can make us selfish if we just focus on the salvation dimension. We need to take others with us. We need to live our life to the full dimensions that the Lord Jesus Christ has revealed to us. Our life must be all-encompassing of the Lord Jesus Christ. He must be Lord and ruler of our life. His word must be the final authority in our life. When are we going to get to the point where we're looking for answers? And when someone quote God's word to us, or we read God's word on our own, when are we going to say, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I think, if that's the word of God, that's what I'm going to do. When will we get to that point? Do we believe that he created all things and he created all things for himself? Do we believe that he's omniscient? That he's all-knowing? Do we believe that he's sovereign, all-powerful? We don't always understand what that pride thing is. But pride is knowing or hearing the word of God, reading the word of God, and still do what you want because you're saying you know better than him. That's what the devil was dismissed for. I, I, I'm going to be like the most high. Nobody can be like him. 
Nobody can be like him. So the moment he gives us a word, we need to take it and obey it. Not negotiate it, not reject it, not ignore it, but we need to take it and apply it to our life because it's the answer. It's such the answer that is going to change your whole life. And sometimes maybe it's why we don't take it. It's because we know it's not only going to affect one area of our life, but it's going to affect every area of our life. And we only sometimes want one area of our life to be affected. Right now, God, what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, can you fix that? But sometimes God is wanting you to know that fixing that means fixing this and fixing this and fixing this and fixing this. God can't just fix that. Ooh, I feel like I'm in the Holy Ghost. God can't just fix that one thing. Stop trying to get God to fix your one mess. Because if he really ever just did fix that one mess, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go back to it. So God fixes that and that and that and that. But you got to be open to let him fix it all and not just one thing. He's not interested in just leaving you half done. The Bible says the work that God has started in you. He's going to see it to completion. So he's not going to start a work and just do one little thing and just leave it like that. He's going to start it and he's going to continue it until he completes it. He can't just do one thing. He can't just do this little thing. He can't just get you out of your little situation. he got to transform your life and make it a life that is transformed. He cannot just fix this one thing. So if you're just hoping that God can fix this one thing, I'm sorry to tell you, he wants to do more than that. Not the one thing that you're thinking about. That's not the kind of God he is. He's an all-encompassing God. His word must be the final authority in your life. He needs to reign in your life that he may hold everything together in your life. Without Jesus reigning in your life, God told me this last night. He told me this. I put it down in my notes. He told me this last night. If you don't let him in your life and let him have complete control in your life, you're going to have a nervous breakdown, whoever you are. Those words is what he gave me. You will have a nervous breakdown. You're going to lose your mind completely if you don't let God have his way in your life. So I'm here to tell somebody today, by the power of the Holy Ghost, that let go of all of those things and surrender your life to God. Give him your heart. Obey his word because I don't want you to lose your mind. I don't want you to have a nervous breakdown. I don't want you to be so confused about life because you disobeyed God that you become a crazy person. There's a lot of people, my cousin knows, she worked with them. There's a lot of people down there in Trenton, in the hospital there, that they came from great environments. They wasn't busted and disgusted. They were living good. But life can take its toll on you when you lose your mind, not because you were in a bad situation, but just because so much has been, so much is going on in your life. And you can snap just like that. And so God has sent me to tell somebody today, if you don't surrender everything to him and let him have complete control, you're going to have a nervous breakdown. Let's stand. 
Jesus is more than a Savior. He's more than a Savior. He's not just a Savior. He's more than a Savior. I feel the Holy Ghost, church. You need to reach out to the Lord right now. It doesn't matter if you know how to pray, you don't know how to pray, but what you need to do is be sincere right now in giving your heart to the Lord. Talk to him about what's on your heart. Talk to him about what you've been struggling with. Talk to him about what you're disappointed about. Talk to him about what he wants to do in your life. Don't let this service be just another message. Don't let this be just another message, another service. But ask God to do something in your life. For some of you, he might want you to get saved right now because you have not been saved yet. You need to get saved. For some of you, he wants you to get restored, renewed, be made whole. Then call on him and say, God, I need you. God has spoken to you today and given you instructions. He has given you answers. It's up to you. You might not like the answer that he gave you, but that's his answer. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Jesus. I feel your presence, Lord. I feel your presence, Lord. Thank you, Brother Andre. Thank you for just allowing the Spirit to guide you. Thank you. Church, respond to God's presence, for his presence is here. Whatever God is doing, let him do it in you. Reach out to the Lord this morning and say, God, you have spoken to me. What do I do with the message? What do I do with your instructions? What do I do when I leave here today, Lord? Somebody need to be talking to Jesus right now. You need to be asking God what it is that you need to do. You need to be calling on his name right now to say, God, don't let this be just another message, but let my life, oh God, respond to your word. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. Somebody on online congregation, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus is not just the Savior. Yes, he will save you, but that's the beginning of what he wants to do in your life. So if you will let him do what he wants to do, oh, you will see a turnaround like you've never seen. You'll see, you will see a move of God in your life like you've never seen. You will grow as a Christian like you never thought you could. You will get to places in God where you never thought you would be. It, it can happen, church. It can happen. Hear me today. Hear the word of God. For he is speaking and he is helping and he is moving. But you need to trust him today and obey and respond to his word. Jesus, don't let your people leave the same way. I know you have spoken. I know you want to do great things. I pray the invisible chains will be broken and will fall from them. That they will be liberated today by your word and they will be set free today by the power of your spirit Lord God have your way Lord God in this place touching the people and moving in their hearts and their mind Lord God I pray oh God for your will to be done in their life that they will fall upon their faces and upon their knees and cry out to you and seek after you and trust you and obey you Somebody let God have his way. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's it, that's it.
That's it. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, I come against every work of the enemy. I come against every work of God of ungodliness. I come against every work of wickedness. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, will you push back the forces of evil? And Lord, will you let the power of God overshadow him? And will you allow the Spirit of God to bring light and bring direction and bring understanding, Lord? I pray your favor, Lord. Oh, Lord, for open doors and for your will to be done, God. In the name of Jesus, in the Jesus in the dark. Oh, God, have your way in the darkness.
And now I'm calling you to a place where you need to be. I'm calling you to a place where I will keep you, where I will work my work in your life. Oh, hear the voice of God. He says there are people that need to be reached, and he wants to use you to reach them. God wants you to reach some people that he wants you to reach, that he has put into your heart to reach, that he has given you influence to reach. Hear the word of God. God wants you to come forward. God wants you to humble yourself and surrender to him. He's getting ready to use you if you will let him. He wants to use you to do great things, but you must trust him. You must surrender to him. You must let his will be done in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, give her strength right now. Give her strength, almighty God. Give her strength, Lord God, that she will trust you, that she will not be weary in her well-doing. That she will walk, oh God, according to the righteousness of God in faith. That she will not weary. That she will not, Lord God, waver. But she will stand on your word and continue in your path. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Bless him, Lord. Bless his family. I pray for provision. I pray for direction. I pray your peace and your strength upon them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah, but Lord, 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 Lord
said you will trust him. He will not let you down. He said you trust nothing. He said you can let go of everything and trust him. He said he can do it. He said he can do it. He can do it. But you have to let go and trust him. He said you will trust me completely. I will show it to you. You can't hold on to the things that I'm asking you to give to me.
has spoken to you, you let him have his way. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for just speaking to us, touching us, helping us, renewing us, reviving us. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for reigning and ruling, Lord God. Lord, as we go from this place today, let all that you have placed inside of us go with us. That we will hold fast. That we will trust you. And we will go forward in doing this. Bless us as we go. In Jesus' name. Church, I love you. I love you, church. God has brought us together for such a time as this. Trust him and have a great rest of your day. In Jesus' name. One more set a fire, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more. Set a fire, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. I want more of you, God. I want more. No place I'd rather, no place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather.